today and there is something about that name something special and thou shalt call his name Jesus Jehovah Savior for he will save deliver the people from their unbelief thank you Lord for saving us from sin the sin of unbelief which is the only real sin there is Lord, when our hearts as mankind was turned from faith to unbelief, we died. The world died. It's been in travail ever since. But Lord, we're living in the day and the hour where Jehovah's Savior is being manifested in bride form. Oh God, we're again, you're here to save, to deliver. Lord, we believe that even in the very moment, you'll reach out and snatch us out of this realm into eternity. And today we are here to live. We are here, Lord, to rise up above every enemy, every spirit of torment, every spirit of unbelief. We're here to live, to walk in life, to believe with all our hearts. I pray, oh God, that you'll bless your people today that is assembled in your name. Ever need supply of your children. God, there are those among us. There are those that are absent. Lord, there are those that are listening in from around the world in Carter, from the east to the west, to the north, to the south. You know every humble heart, Lord. You know every situation. We pray, God, you'll meet the need. Lord, we hear many, many, many of our brothers and sisters that's been afflicted with this horrible COVID that's going to the land. I want to thank you, Lord, that we're able to meet this morning. We don't do that and say that, Lord, as, as braggarts, because we know it's just grace that we can stand here and minister today. Lord, but God, as we have a voice, may we speak today. May we speak life to your people. May we speak health to your people. May there be a wellness come in. Lord, as the Holy Spirit just moves into the little rooms and hospitals and different places that are listening in, may your Holy Spirit move on their behalf. Father, you're God. And you said, I come to give life and life more abundantly. 
we'll take that abundant life today. We're going to walk in that as long as we're here. We're going to walk in that abundant life, oh God, until we're raptured by that abundant life and then see it, oh God, way beyond what we've ever imagined. Oh God, a life even more abundantly. Bless us, I pray now, as we look into your word and bless the hearts of your children as they expect today a miracle in their life because 2020 is a year of miracles. And we speak those miracles for your people. Lord, as you told me earlier in the year, we shall see miracles. And we have seen them time on time again. You come on the scene to your children. I ask, Lord, there'll be miracles in homes, miracles in marriages, miracle among lost families. Lord, that are backslidden away from you, miracles where they've been sick. And may they see healing today coming from the life giver, Jesus Christ. I ask it, Lord, as we have not come to pronounce death upon your people, but to pronounce life, life, abundant life. We ask it in Jesus' name for your glory. And we love you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. We're thankful to the Lord for his goodness, his grace, his mercies that endure to every generation, even to right now. Amen. I spoke with Brother Ron Spencer on the way and, uh, to church today. His, his uh, mother-in-law, Sister Frazier, she's, a, she's the widow of Brother Homer Frazier, a longtime pastor that went to be with the Lord here some time ago, a few uh, years ago now. And and she got really deathly ill with this. COVID was rushed to the hospital. She had a wonderful night last night. Amen. So we thank the Lord for answering prayer. And uh, as I was talking to Brother Ron, you know, he also come down with the COVID. And they, he's having some pneumonia in his lungs. He's got two more days of quarantine. I think um, Monday he'll be out of quarantine. And so he had a good night's sleep last night. But he went to the hospital, and they um, had taken uh, some pictures of his lungs. And the doctor come back out really smiling, and he said, you know, you know, it's something when you go and you're, you see a positive re- report of pneumonia in the lungs, but you come out smiling because the cancer is the tumors is all gone, and I only see just shreds of it as it's leaving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we can have good news even in the time of COVID, can't we? Amen. That God is still on the throne and he's moving for his people. Amen. How wonderful word of God. We're going to be speaking on the Messiahs this morning. I trust that it'll be a blessing to you as we look into the word. And I um, I am going to um, read it. Um, two scriptures today, and uh, it's going to be one from Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And we have been reading how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went on about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. And then John 14, 12, we will read it in the 13th verse. John 
14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week we spoke on the Messiah and the Messiahs, and we were speaking along of Christ being the anointed one. And, and as we were speaking that, you know, Peter received that great revelation from God that said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, or you're the anointed one, the Christ. That's what that means. And, um, and so, and that is what the church is built upon is that he is the Christ the son of the living God. And then he said, but, and I say unto you that thou art Peter. So you see, as it turns that after the revelation of Christ, then he tells you who you are. Amen. And this is a whole thing that the church is built upon is really a true revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. That he's not no, uh, he's not some a second person of the Godhead or some third person, or he's not even a minor Lord under Lord. He is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. And any message, any church, any movement, any religion must be built upon the revelation of Thou art to Christ. Thou art the Anointed One. And if the Messiah, if the anointing isn't there, get away from it. Amen. You say, well, wow, my group has got a superior revelation, but if the anointing isn't there, it's just a dead form. It cannot be a true message without the anointing. You cannot be a true Christian without the anointing. Any church without Mark 16 in action cannot be the true church of God. Without his anointing, a church is dead. It is powerless. It is a facade that has the outward appearance of being the bride of Christ, but inside is full of empty promises. Puts me in mind of these cover girls, beautiful on the outside, but do you ever think they want to be a mother? And do you think they want to be, have a baby nursing on her or stretch marks on that bewitching, enchanting body? To her, to that kind of woman, this is a disgrace. But to, and as Brother Branham would say, and we have echoed it so often, think of it today, a disgrace for her to have a child. She can't be bothered with a baby nursing her. It'll disform her when she's impregnated. It'll, it'll disform her. She won't look like she used to. And, and, and can you imagine they don't want him today and neither do they want his children. And, and, and of course, that's what Brother Branham told us uh, in the, the Invisible Union. He says, neither does the modern church want any of these screaming, shouting, tongue speaking, Acts 2.38, youngins around her. Amen. See, yeah, she don't want any of them whooping and crying and screaming. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Well, a child like that would put her out of her denomination. They had one like that in one of the churches. Why they throw her out right quick? Why are you letting such stuff as that go, as this go along? And, and you think sometimes that is only describing maybe a denominational move, but you, 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 would, you, know, you don't think they would do that. No, not in a message church. But I just spoke to a brother this week, you know, who was kicked out of an assembly for believing the supernatural working of the Spirit of God and desiring and longing to see a move of God in, his, in their midst. You see, as, as it is, he said she's impregnated with something because she's bringing forth members all the time, but she don't want any of these screaming, hollering, blabbering, Acts 238 miserable creatures that she thinks they are. Why it would embarrass her. It would ruin her and her educated, ethical, scientific society that she belonged to here. They would throw her out at the next council. Amen. It's amazing. It's amazing that now Jesus with dirty feet is sitting in many message churches today. We don't want that kind of case here. Don't you dare treat my Jesus that way. Amen. You welcome him. You invite him. You wash his feet. Amen. You, you put the, the garment upon him. You perform him. You perfume him with oil. And let the sweetness of it just feel with its aroma fill the place. Amen. And you give him a service. Amen. So she don't want to be pregnant with the word because that's the only kind the word can bring forth. Born of the Spirit of God. It has the Spirit of God in it. No intellectual church joined, creed going, bobbed haired, painted face. There's no such a thing as that in it at all. You don't find that in the Word of God. You find the old-fashioned, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled child born of the Spirit of God, screaming and hollering and shouting and praising God. Is there any of them here today? There ought to be those kind in this midst today. Amen. Old-fashioned, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled, born of the Spirit of God, screaming and hollering and shouting and praising God. That's what ought to be in every message church that truly believes the Word of God because that's the only kind the Word can bring forth. If the church brings forth the child of the second Adam, he acts like the second Adam's way of acting like they did on the day of Pentecost. All of these things were said by your prophet. Amen. But because the church refuses the spirit, she is a barren church. She may look like a sex queen. She's beautiful on the outside, but she has a womb in which the seed never comes to life because she destroys the anointing. But the bride receives his life. She wants his anointing, and she, she is bringing forth children of the anointing. Amen. His bride is deity. Amen. She's a Messiah because it's the spirit of Jesus that is in us that makes us sons of God. You see, the devil is trying to hide you back and tell you that you're some little downtrod something. But you're not. You're sons and daughters of God. As Brother Brandon said, the deity isn't just in heaven. Deity is on earth. It's in his people. Amen. In question answer 64, the word Messiah means the anointed one. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, then you become the anointed one. How many's got the Holy Ghost? You are anointed. 
Not only the anointed, you are the anointed one. No wonder we have turned the message, though, into a weak and powerless gospel. When we question, as I was speaking last Sunday, when we question the deity of Jesus Christ. And when we don't recognize then the power that is in us. And Paul said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, a man, he is none of his. Right? Now, you know you can't have Jesus in you because Jesus is a man, a corporal body, sits on the throne of God, but you can have his spirit in you. Amen? So it is the spirit of Jesus that is in us. So if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen? Again, um, and anyone who is his, then uh, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Amen. His, the spirit of his son has been sent into you. That's what the Holy Ghost is. The spirit of Jesus. Amen. And when his spirit entered into you, then it's like he says in Galatians 4 and 7, Thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, an heir of God through Christ. John 1, 16 says, And of his fullness have we received. Grace for grace. Amen. Grace upon grace. God has given favor upon favor. Grace upon grace until he pours out his fullness. And this is the age of where it's no longer the portion. It's the age of his fullness. Are you with me? Amen. We'll read some quotes from Christ and Mystery a little later about it. But this is the day where the fullness of the Godhead is in a body. Amen. Just as it was in Christ, now it's in his body upon the earth. In the message, Perfect Faith, Brother Branham said this. He, he appeared to us in the same form that he appeared, or that he did to them in the Old Testament. And in the same as he did in the New Testament. And has shame, showed by the same word, the same Christ. And I declare to you that Christ is the Holy Ghost. The word Christ means the anointed one. Just a person that's anointed, that's, that's the Christ, the anointed one. How many knows that's true? The anointed one. That, there would be a man that would be, an anoint, would be anointed. Anointed with what? The Bible said in Acts 10 that Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost, went about and done great works and things. See that God manifested and proved that he was in that man. And now we become anointed with that same spirit. Anointed Messiahs, Messiahs of the last days. To shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To show he's not dead. But in the form of the Holy Ghost. He's in his people. Moving among his bride. With a love affair to her. Pouring out into her himself. Amen. And they are becoming one for the wedding supper. And the same signs promised by the same God in the same word is making the same manifestation. Oh, hallelujah. And he adds, he said, there's nothing left for us to do but believe it. Amen. And he said, and to believe it is the substance. And that creates a perfect faith. And he said, just think how numb we are. Just think of that just for a minute. And I hear him in 
in desperation talk about it. And he says, oh, church, rise and shake yourselves and pinch your conscience and wake yourself up in this hour. We must be desperate or perish. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we have, been, we have moved into a very serious time. Amen. There are things that are moving in our, in our midst and things that are changing. And our, the whole environment is changing around us. The whole, the whole political arena, the whole thought of, 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 of peace and safety, things are changing. Riots and looting in our streets, anarchy. Trouble on every hand. And not only that, but, you know, we, that's almost, the rest of what is going on is almost downplayed by what is happening in our streets. But there you have nations rising up, flexing their, their muscles during this time. Whether it's China or Russia or North Korea or, or Iran or all of them with threats to destroy us all. Do you realize where we're at? Amen. So he says, rise and shake yourself. Pinch your conscience. Wake yourself up in this hour. He said, there's coming for something from the Lord. Amen. I know it is thus saith the Lord. There's coming for something, and we better get desperate. It's between life and death, and it'll pass through us, and we won't see it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in some slumber and stupor. And miss it. I want to see and know exactly what God's doing. As I told you when this COVID struck early in January, February, I said, you, you, you can see everybody's afraid of this death that's coming into the land and moving through the nations. But there's somebody else at work. You never see the enemy rise without you seeing the standard rise against it. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. You never, you never see even the, the bottomless pit open without also seeing, and that's in Revelation 9, without also seeing a mighty angel putting his foot on it. Come on. Placing his feet on the land and the sea. Are you with me? Amen. You know, as, as he concludes the ninth chapter with all of the, the evil, the devil's rising up out of hell, all the evil that is going on, the sin and, and the trouble and the wickedness and, and the idolatry as it ends. And, and, he, and he's talking about it and he says, he says I, I see him, the bottomless pit open and an angel is given permission to open it. And we conclude the ninth chapter. And it opens with the tenth, and it says, and. And there's a conjunction. It ties the, what was said before with this. And I saw another mighty angel. I wonder if you're seeing the mighty angel. I wonder if you see there's an anointing come down. I wonder if you realize that there is somebody in this day and hour receiving that anointing just as the other are receiving the sodomite spirit and the idolatry that's going on in the land. Right. 
Of course, as I said, Jesus, the man, the corporal body is not here, nor is he within us. But the spirit of Jesus, the anointing is in us. This anointing is not external. It doesn't come and go. It abides forever. Are you with me? It is within us. And we must arouse and stir up the gift of God that is within us. Is that right? You know, here, here again, this is what he tells Timothy. He said, you know, we have not received the spirit of timidity. You know, we, we have not received a spirit of fear, of drawing back, of, of shying away, hiding in a corner. There's no need to. We're, we're not children that, that, are, that, are, that are immature. We're adopted sons. We know who we are. We have our position. Amen. We, we know we're robed with the Holy Ghost, that there's a power within us. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Oh, my. There again, he said, arise and, and stir up that gift of God that is within you. That was there. He tells Timothy, it was there in your grandmother, Lois, and it was in your mother, Eunice. But it's also in Lee. You see, it was there in the shouting Methodists who fainted under the power of God where they actually kept water uh, to, to throw in their faces. But that power sanctified them. Not the water, amen, but the anointing. Amen. Brother Brandon said they had meetings where they were kicked out and was called holy rollers. You Methodists was done that. They fall in the water under the power of God. They throw water in your face and fan them. That's right. And they jerked so hard under it till they, they had the jerks. And there was people who would jerk and shake under the power of God. Hallelujah. You see, it was there in your grandmother. Amen. It was there in the past movements. It was there on Azusa Street where they spoke in genuine tongues, not a shake a jaw until you stammer something insensible, but real tongues. Amen. That healed the sick as the Spirit was poured out. Amen. Amen. That faith was there in the divine healing movements. Can't we say amen to that? Amen. And I'm convinced that it's also in you. Hello. And I'm convinced it's also in you. I'm convinced it's also in you. I'm convinced it's also in you. Come on. It's a spirit of faith. It's not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of drawing back. It's not a spirit of hiding in the corner. It's, a, it's not a spirit of intent, timidity. Amen. Of being shy and embarrassed about it. It's a faith that is rising up. It is there in the other moves, but it's also there in you. In fact, it's not a lesser anointing. It's a greater anointing. Lois couldn't preach. Eunice couldn't preach, but Timothy could. It was even a greater anointing. Start up. You got to start using it. In the message adoption, Brother Bradham said he gave Jesus Christ 
And Jesus gave it in his name with this assurance, ask the Father anything in my name and I'll do it. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God to position the church. As I said, the book of Ephesians, the book of Joshua, and Joshua placing the people where they belong. Now, they wouldn't stand still. He put he from here and he said he ran over to Manasseh's land. And this and would come back fussing and stewing. And how are they ever going to get along? Well, one said, I'm, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm oneness. I'm twoness. I'm so-and-so. How are you going to do it? Stand still. And I think all of this deal of, you know, everybody jockeying for position and place and whatever, it should be over now. All the, all the one trying to be spiritual, like Brother Brandon said, trying to, jumping up and down and trying to speak in tongues is over with. Come on. Jumping up and down like a kid trying to speak with tongues is over with. Amen. We're past that. Amen. We're not trying to recreate that. Amen. We're not trying to recreate an emotional workup. We're not trying to recreate a, a sensation. Amen. Or, you know, where, you're, where, you, where somebody beats you on the back to you, you and, and gets you to jabber until you're speaking in, in, in insensible words. We're not trying. We're beyond that. We've received the perfect word. And when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part is done away with. So instead of having part, we now have it all. This anointing we have received, grace for grace, grace upon grace, poured out in Luther, poured out in Wesley, poured out in Pentecost, poured out now. And of his fullness, we have received. God is wanting to place his church. Sons and daughters of God, God let me live to see it. This is my prayer. So close till I can just feel it in my hands almost look like it's, it's right there. It's what I long to see waiting for the time when walk down the street, there lays a cripple laying there from his mother's womb. Silver and gold have I none. Oh, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Hallelujah. When God will make himself known, when they will stop sickness, when they will stop cancer, they'll stop diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. You know why all of this? Because of this scripture right here, 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God. Amen. Amen. You ought to look at your neighbor right now and say, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. I'm talking to a church of overcomers right now. Not a bunch of defeat. Amen. Not a bunch of weaklings. A bunch of overcomers. You know why? Because. You want to know why? Because. You ever hear a kid and you ask him why and he says because. Well, I'm going to tell you because. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm going to take that down a different vein just a minute. You're in the world. Your body was meant to contact by its earthly senses with see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. The world is very real to you. 
as you look out and you feel, touch, taste, see. But there's another part of you. Not just this one in the world, but this one that's from out of this world. And I was, I was driving along praying about some of the needs that are, that are going on that I get and I hear of constantly. This one with cancer, this one dying with COVID, this one, uh, you know, they're about to put a trachea in, this one. And then Brother Tim, pray, Brother Tim, pray. And they're not just calling on me, all the ministers are getting this. And I'm driving along thinking about it. And I pray, Lord, bless that one. And I drive on. And I get to thinking. Lord, I prayed. I prayed that in the world. I prayed that in the flesh. I prayed that. But I want to I pray from a different realm. I want to pray from this inner man that's on the inside of me. Let him speak. Amen, not just, Lord, bless so-and-so and bless so-and-so, but let this one speak. You say, Brother Tim, oh my, that's kind of out on the limb. Brother Brandon said, Jesus prayed earnestly that he might stay in contact with the spirit that was in him. Amen, you know, there has got to be a people who's just not operating by, see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. And praying, praying prayers that are just, Noise. Start praying prayers that are power. Where you robe yourself and say, wait a minute. I'm not praying this prayer as a human today. I'm praying this prayer as a son of God. I've been bought by the blood. Amen. I'm washed from my sins. Amen. I am on, I'm, play, I'm standing just like Adam did at the beginning. Sinless. Somebody help me preach. Sinless. And that puts me in a position as a son. Amen. That I can say, who can condemn me of sin? Amen. Because the blood has shed for me and cleansed me. And the name of Jesus is my name to use. So I can speak it in his name. And today, and today, I am quit being human, just human. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. That's who I am. I am an overcomer. I can pray the prayer of faith. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I hear a prophet say, Greater is he that is in you than that wheelchair. Right. Did you hear that, Kenneth? Amen. Greater is he that is in you that's that stretcher. Did you hear that one in the hospital right there listening to me? Amen. Greater is he that is in you than that cancer. Do you hear all of those cancer patients that I've been praying for? And I've had to make a list. Amen. And lay on my table for all of the needs that have come down. And, and, and because it gets so many that human memory cannot bring them all. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than that cancer. Greater is he that is in you than that affliction. Amen. Now that covers a lot. 
Amen. Greater is he that is. Wait a minute. Not greater is he that's in this church. Not just greater is he that's in Tim Pruitt. Amen. But greater is he that is in you. Don't miss it. In you. Than he that's in the world. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than that cancer, that affliction, that stretcher, that wheelchair. Greater is he. Yes, greater is, greater is he. The greater was David. What was in David? God in David. He is in us. That's the Christ. He was the conqueror of every enemy for us. When he was, uh, listen, this one in me conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. Conquered every disease there ever was. Come on, help me preach. When Jesus died at Calvary, amen, he took with him in death every sickness. And when he rose, he rose without them. Hallelujah. When he rose, he defeated every every ailment, every trouble, every sickness, every bruise, every with his stripes. He took it there and took it to hell with him. And when he raised, he raised without them. The mighty conqueror. To set us free from all these things, and greater is He than in you that is in you than all these bluffs in you, because they're just bluffs. But I heard a prophet say, "You are made of stuff that won't bluff." That's Messiah. They're made of stuff that won't bluff. Amen. Now, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Messiah signs follows the Messiahs the same as it followed the Messiah. Remember, Jesus said, we believe on him. The works that I do shall you do also. And greater. Because I go to my Father. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we know it's going to take the anointing. Moses got anointed. Remember, without the anointing, he was just a shepherd, ran from Egypt after killing one. Didn't deliver the children of Israel any. Made their bondage worse. Somebody help me preach. Amen. But here he gets down, and, and he's on the backside of the desert, and he's forgot all about it, but God hasn't forgot. And sometimes we as humans forget, but God don't. God gave a word for this generation, and God don't forget. Amen. Sometimes we as humans grow cold and lukewarm and tepid to it. Come on. But God don't. I have heard their cries, and I have come down to deliver them. I like those words. This is why I'm here. This is why the anointing comes, for deliverance. Not just to make you run the aisle, but for deliverance. 
Why Christ speak? Brother Branham talks about Moses having met the burning bush. That the word was vindicated exactly. It was the word. Moses didn't have to worry. What's this voice all about? What, what is this being here? And I want you to know God sent an angel to this generation. Amen. When, when God sent an angel to William Branham, he sent that angel to me. Is that right? Amen. He sent it to me. It was a message. I'm sending you with a message of divine healing, of deliverance. Amen. That message never changed. Even when it came to mysteries that had, had been hidden from the believers and, and sealed away, it didn't change. I've come for deliverance to open the book, to loose the seals. Can't you understand? I've come down for a purpose. I've come down for deliverance. To reveal to you the mystery of your life. Your misunderstood ways. Amen. And why you can't fit in this world. Amen. And why you got an attraction to the word. I've come to tell you, you were called before the foundation of the world. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you to be a Messiah to this age. God had said Israel would would sojourn and be mistreated in a strange country until the iniquity of the Amorites was filled. Remember, this types very out, very much the, the last age. Because uh, God said, now, you know, sin has got to reach a certain height before I bring judgment. And even with Sodom, he says, I have come down to see if what I'm hearing is true. Now, why, why would God do that? Sometimes God speaks to man as a man. So he's, because God already knew. Right? But he comes right down. He says, I've come down. I've come down. And I'm investigating Sodom. I'm watching the riots in the streets. Amen. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the evil that's in the land. I'm seeing the LGBT movements and all the other sodomy movements, and I'm seeing the anti-God sentiments, and I'm seeing America turn from a lamb to a dragon. I'm watching it. Amen. I see, I see the beast rising, but don't worry, I got my foot on it. I got my foot on it. I put my foot on the land and the sea where both of these rise. I got my foot on it. My church is still here. My chosen people are still here. My bride elect, who is my body, is still here. And I put their feet on it. Hallelujah. And hell can't break loose until this bride goes up. And when she goes up, Satan is cast down. And you're in a battle this morning. You are in a battle of casting Satan down. But I read in the Bible that he loses.
Moses knew this intellectually. The seed was born in him. It was laid in his heart, and he tried to intellectually experience with the word to try to deliver Israel because he knew he was born for that purpose. He knew it was the time. He knew the scripture said it had already been 400 years. And, and, and so he, he knew all of that. He knew things were laying in order. But he needed the anointing. And I'll tell you, you know, we, we know that everything's laying in order, but you're not going to get through this without the anointing. That's why we need the anointing more than ever. Your family needs to be anointed before they go out to school and hear all the anti-God evil things that's being taught. They need the anointing. For our people go out to work, we need the anointing upon them. We need the anointing on our young men. Because Satan has made women, I'm quoting your prophet, so beautiful till they're almost irresistible. And there's a spirit, you can say it whether you want to or not, there's a spirit of evil upon this land, upon this country, upon this world. Where the men are turning to beasts. There there's so many of them, they can't arrest them all. Child trafficking worse than ever. Child. Child. Beast. Because when men reject the seal of God, they take the heart of the beast. So Brother Brandon said, we know we've lived the time out. At the time the rapture is at hand. And we're looking for a rapture in faith that can pull the church together and get some supernatural strength that to change these bodies that we live in. When we see a God that can raise the dead off the floor, out of the yard, and bring him back to life again and present him before us. And when we see God who can take cancer that's aid a man to his shadow and raise him up to a strong, healthy man, that ought to give rapture and faith to the people. And then when that light flashes from the sky and the trumpet sounds, the body of Christ will be quickly gathered together and changed in a moment and, uh, and then taken into the heavens. Yes, there's got to be something like that happen. Oh my, what you're seeing going on is exactly what your prophet preached. The old eagle is sterner nest. He's letting things get uncomfortable. He's fluttering over with his wings. He's blowing out the loose feathers. Because there's a people getting ready to fly. We are not called to be sitting ducks. We are called to be flying eagles. Look at the anointing in the last day. It's a flying eagle, little children. More about that later. Reminding you of this quote from the token 
I'm looking for a time of the break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're now living in for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for rapture and faith just before it comes and everything is sitting straight in order for that. And three kinds of believers, he said, that's the reason I do believe that when the bride is called out and elected and set in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that takes such a baptism of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit into that bride that it take her from the earth in a rapturing grace. The eagles are about ready to take their flight. That's why the nest is being stripped. You know, the old eagle builds its nest out of thorns and thistles and weaves them in among the, the old, uh, you know, picking up twigs and branches and this and that. And then he piles up his, all his sticks and everything else. But when he's about to lay her eggs, she goes out there and gets some, maybe some rabbit or lamb or whatever he can get. Get the softest fur, put it out and lays it there. So those little eagles, that they have something that's soft and comfortable. He makes it wonderful for his little hatchlings. But when that little eagle gets, gets up a little bit and begins to mature, there comes another phase, and it's nest-leaving time. And the mother knows that this eagle was not born to stay in a nest all its life. It was meant to fly. So you know what happens? A mother goes and stirs over her nest and picks out all of the fleece and the, and the rabbit fur and the down and everything else and throws it out and leaves the little eagle on the uncomfortable sticks and thorns and thistles and then they begin to say, this ain't feeling like home anymore. There's got to be a better place for me. Amen. You know what happens? They start getting ready to fly. Because that mother knows that that eagle can't stay in that nest. And God knows you cannot just stay in a nest as immature babies, but you're going to have to fly in the heavenlies where all things are possible to them that believe. And some of you this morning knows you've been taken on that flight and God has shown you wonderful things and all of a sudden you've been, top, you've been knocked off of the eagle's back and you're twisting and turning and whatever and you're screaming as to what's going on and what's happening and why is this happening? And oh, you know, God, why is it happening? God said, I'm trying to teach you to fly. Use those wings I gave you. Don't worry, he ain't going to let you hit the ground. He's watching. No, just when the swoop down and catch you. Take you back up on the mountain and dump you off again. (laughs) How in the world are we going to learn to cast out devils if devils don't come and face us? How in the world are we going to operate by, of, of, of casting out sickness if sickness doesn't come? How can you have miracles unless calamities happen? 
Think it not strange that these hard trials come on you. They're done for a purpose. I'm teaching you how to fly. Countdown, Brother Branham would talk about this. He says, he said, uh, he's talking about the astronaut age. He said, I pray, Father, they'll realize this isn't to condemn what they had. It's only trying to give them more rapture and grace. That's what this message came. It didn't come to take from you what you had. It came to give you more. Amen. Rapture and grace. For the hour will come when we'll have to have rapture power, not only to heal the body, but to change it in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Christ will be so real into their bodies till he can change it. Oh, hallelujah. You mean I can expect a greater reality of the Holy Ghost? Come on. Christ will be so real in their bodies. Your body ain't going to be changed from the outside in. Your body is going to be changed from the inside out. And you ain't got nothing on the inside. There's no change for you. Christ will be so real in his body till their bodies till he can change it by his great death and what he purchased. May they take this today that the token I spoke of last night, hold it before them and, and walk into this, into this astronaut, granite father, where the visions and the powers and the worlds beyond and known. And, oh God, where all these great mysteries has unfolded in those seven seals and made known to man, granite father. Let me just say something to those heady, high-minded bunch that say, well, glory to God, Brother Tim, you know, you're over here in the, in the, in the airplane age or the car age or the whatever else, but we're up here as astronauts. Well, then where's the great mysteries of God that are unfolded of those seven seals where visions and powers and worlds, uh, worlds beyond known Amen. Maybe, maybe you're just pretending. I don't want to pretend. You know, when I was a little kid, they put us in school and they put us in a simulator of how to play an airplane or to drive an airplane. And you know, I, I, was, I was so, you know, almost scared to get in the thing. Because I didn't know how to drive that thing. And you're getting out. Oh, you didn't pull that sliver, do this. And the instructor is doing it. And I'm crying. Oh, you crashed. <laughs> Shakily, I got out of there. What a ride. That's about like some of these churches today. They're full of pretending. They're pretending, Brother Brandon, is here praying over prayer cloths. They're pretending that Brother Branham, we're going to give you, we're going to turn the service over to God's servant, the prophet now. Pretending. And they're also pretending they got the Holy Ghost because he ain't there. And then they're pretending, oh, we got the seal of God and no COVID's going to get us. And well, what's that cough and what's that sneeze and what's that temperature and what's that? What's that happening among you? You're a false prophet. Now, let me just tell you, Brother Branham himself was subject to the flu when it came through. 
Amen. He wasn't around for the swine flu, but he was around for, what was it, Asian flu or Hong Kong flu or killed hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And Brother Branham got it. You see, we're human. Paint yourself and find out. You're human. You're real. Amen. Your, your body is subject to sickness. The most spiritual ones of us. But it's also subject to healing and deliverance and the power of God. This ain't just a one-sided thing. Are you with me? And he says, he says again, you know, where he speaks in this. He's talking about this body change that is coming because this is where it will crescendo. Now, people, listen. The, the, the Methodist movement ended with a dud. Sorry, but it did. This became a denomination. The Pentecostal movement ended with a dud. Sorry, but it did. You ain't going to like this. But the divine healing movement ended with a dud. It did. A dead thump everywhere. No revival nowhere. Impersonators everywhere. And it became cheap and carnal and everything else. And the excitement was gone. And the euphoria and, then, and even the anointing. Even the desire to pray. I'll read it to you from the prophet. That's the way it ended. But that ain't the way this movement will end. It's going to end in the change of the body. In the meeting in the air. Let me read it. The resurrection will set in first. The resurrection of those that are asleep. There will be awakening time. And those that are asleep in the dust now. Not those that are asleep in sin. Because they'll sleep right on. They won't awake for another thousand years. But those that are sleeping in the dust will be awakened first. And these corruptible bodies will put on incorruption in the rapture and grace of the Lord. And then we'll all get together. (laughs) And when they begin to gather, then we which are alive and remain shall be changed. And then these mortal bodies will not see death. But just all of a sudden, they'll be like a sweep. Go over us. And you're changed. You're turned back like Abraham was from an old man to a young man, from an old woman to a young woman. What's this sudden change? And after a while, you're traveling like a thought, and you see those then that are already resurrected. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not talking about a Philip translation that gets picked up and set back over here on the earth again. Even though it did good. Come on. Amen. But, but no, we're not talking about a Philip translation. We're talking about a rapture. A real Anina translation. Where you get so far with God, you don't come back home. With all the, where the anointing just keeps getting greater and greater and greater. Not less and less and less. 
Are you with me? It's Enoch. Brother Brandon said, now, I don't, may not have faith to make every word of it act, but I certainly wouldn't stand in the way of anybody that did have that faith. Enoch had faith one day, enough one day to take an afternoon stroll with God and just keep on walking and went up home without dying. But now I think the church has got to come to that rapture in faith. I may not have that faith just now, but I wouldn't stand in the way of someone who did have that faith. Again, he says, and this is, that was 64, this is 65. I'd certainly like to have faith like that. I hope that we do get that faith someday as we grow on into him. Of this anointing, we have received grace for grace. As the prophecy, and Brother Joe, he expressed it again Wednesday night and brought it back to the forefront. As the prophecy was given to me, a series of victories. Amen. A series of victories. You know, I personally, we, we, had, a, we, had, a, we had a victory. You should have been with me that day when my wife, who they said would die in five minutes or five years, but she'd never speak. But when I stood beside her, and I said, Karen, do you hear me? If you hear me, you remember our little secret. We've had it ever since we were children, when, when, we were, when we were just young children. She was 17 when I married her. I was 21, children. We had a little something between us. We'd hold hands. No, we didn't shake hands. <laughs> We'd hold hands. And I would squeeze, one, two, three. I love you. And she would squeeze back, I love you. Or sometimes she would do it for, I love you too. We've done that all our married life. And when I walked into that room and I took her hand, I said, Karen, I'm here. Do you hear me? You remember our little secret? And she goes, one, two, three. Before she could even speak. That was a victory. Amen. And then when she could speak, <laughs> amen, and when she could speak and she could call my name and she could, she could speak, I would say, thank you, Jesus. Another victory. Hallelujah. And when she walked, thank you, Jesus. Another victory. Amen. Moving all limbs, another victory. A series of victory. And when she came home, another victory. When she come to church, another victory. And she's going to have that victory over that anxiety, this kind of the devil trying to tell her. Nothing can harm us, not even death. We're the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Come on, a series of victories. Amen. And, and, and I'm not just leaving it there. I'm leaving it right on, bringing it right on to you. A series of victories. We've had victories after victories after victories, and we can call them by name. Come on. 
Amen. We can call them by name and say it over and over and over again, but a series of victories. And if I were you, I'd get ready for my victory. Because God done said, I'm going to give you victory. Let your faith loose. Let it begin to grow. Let it begin to move. And that's not just for evening like tabernacles. That's for around the world. Let your faith loose. There's a series of victories on the way. It's a shame that message churches, that we have moved away from faith. And identified Christ of all ages. Brother Branham said, by gift of God, I want to identify, I want Jesus to identify himself to the word that I've just preached. To show this is the hour, the word is lauded to this hour. That we pass the denominational ranks. And we're fixing to go to the rapture, just trying to get people faith to believe. Then he uses illustration like the pyramid on the back of your dollar bill. You know how it moves up and there's a capstone. And he uses that. He said that headstone will have to be so perfect like the rest of them till it would fit right straight into it. The ministry of Christ will be in his church just exactly like him in spirit. When he comes to take the church to redeem the whole thing, then goes up. So again, the church, the ministry of Christ will be in his church. Remember, we've got to fit him. The capstone that's coming. So there's got to be a ministry on earth in the bride that matches the Christ that is coming. So that the two can be one. It has to fit. The bride is the anointed one this day. She's not the less anointed. She is the Messiah for this day. To be his bride, she has to be anointed as he was anointed. I hear Brother Branham saying it like this, and what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm stopping right there just to say I'm so ready for my refilling. I'm so ready for this church to have a refilling. I'm so ready for this bride to have a refilling. Around the world, in every church, a fire lit. Amen. You don't have to come to evening like tabernacle to get it. You've got to get into Christ to get it. Amen. I'm so ready for it. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. There's a refilling promise for you. How many's got the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Amen. There's a refilling promise for you. And if you don't have it, it's promised too. For the promises to you and to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I know he's still calling because we're still here. When that, he said, the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost that we've worked in a small measure. While the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when the head and the body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up just exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years will rise in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight to the skies. The dynamics is the Holy Spirit. Now, you see, because of the multitudes of miracles... And the pinpoint miraculous sign of the Messiah, 
being displayed in his ministry. Do you know, some people actually thought that Brother Branham was the Messiah. They actually thought him God. They thought him Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, the identification of a Messiah, anointed one, is signs and wonders. And they saw it so perfectly in Brother Branham. They thought him to be Jesus. So that's awful, Brother Tim. It is. It's Antichrist, really. But really, it also has to be in John the Baptist's ministry. Come on. Amen. Because they ask him, are you the Christ? So it has to be in the forerunner's ministry for people to think William Branham was the Christ. You see, you remember when John, when men came from John and said, John sent us, said, are you him or shall we look for another? You remember we went over that scripture last year and, and, and he didn't say anything. He just cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits and to the blind he gave sight. And then he said, go your way and tell John what you saw. Amen. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleaned, the deaf's here, the dead's raised, and the poor, to the poor the gospel is preached. Because that's the sign of, the, of, of an anointed one. That is the sign of a, the anointed one. I don't want you to miss that. Oh, yeah, that was the sign of Jesus. Yeah, it was. But that's also the sign of his bride. You know, some maybe gasped this morning and say, You mean to tell me people actually thought that William Branham was God? Well, yeah. And to believe that is Antichrist, of course, we know that. But before you criticize William Branham for something, he not just denied, but he openly detested. I want to ask you a question. When was the time you lived so close to God? It was so much like Jesus, somebody missed, mistook you for Jesus. <coughs> somebody had the audacity to ask him. Must have been going around, must have been talked about, must have been in the congregation, must have been when people were talking. So Brother Branham, it is, and then he, he said, let me, let me see what this is. And he reads it over and he starts reading again. Brother Branham is commonly believed by many that follow your message that you are the Messiah of this day. Is that so? Now, remember, last week we have message believers who don't even believe that Jesus is God. This week... We're talking for a moment about those who believe William Branham is God. You see, it goes back to the, where Peter was. They're missing the revelation of a new birth. Amen. Where that they know who the Christ is. Are you with me? And he says, first place, I'm not a Messiah. Jesus is Messiah. See, Messiah is Jesus Christ. But we are Messiahs. Every one of us. Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. 
And in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In me and you, in me just dwells part of his spirit, the same as dwells in you. He said Jesus had God without portion. I only have God by portion. Because on the day of Pentecost, everybody that was there and everyone that's been born of God got a lick of that pillar of fire, a tongue of that fire, a lick of that fire, a flame of that fire. Because the Holy Spirit divided itself that all that he was in Jesus. Now, there's 120 Jesuses. My God, the devil didn't know what to do with 120 Jesuses. He thought he'd crucified him and he went back to heaven. But now he don't know what to do with 120 Jesuses. Because now the Spirit of God has divided itself. And there's 120 and God ain't through. Because 3,000 are added when Peter preaches. Amen. Because there's power in preaching. He didn't play a tape. He preached. Somebody with me. Amen. He didn't idolize somebody. He preached the living Christ. And what he did, 3,000 were added to the kingdom right then. Looks of fire, 3,000. 3,120. And he just kept dividing. And Satan said, I don't know what I've done. Because I thought I got rid of Jesus by crucifying him. But now I have him now in 120 bodies, 3,000 bodies, 3,120 bodies. And he just keeps growing. And now that Jesus is in you. And Satan don't know what to do with you. Come on. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm having fun this morning. Amen. Because I can see it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not me that liveth. Paul said, it's Christ that liveth in me. He doeth the works, Jesus said. See, he said, I've got a little gift to know little things and foresee things, but that makes me just steal your brother. I'm no Messiah. I'm not no Messiah. I'm your brother. See, just a shepherd to the flock. And if I told you I was the Messiah, I'd be a liar. See, and I don't want to be a liar. Can you believe it? Like I said, some people, that if the devil couldn't get some to believe that Jesus was not God, then he got others believing that Brother Branham was God. One side wants to... Take the deity away from Jesus, and the other was to give it to Brother Branham. Either way, it was to strip the glory from the Messiah. Understand what I'm saying? Amen. Now, in question and answers 364, Brother Branham said, you know, read the question. Brother Branham, could, could Jesus look like you, or you be Jesus, or something like that? He said, one sense of the word, that's exactly the truth. In another sense of the word, it is an antichrist. That's the difference between right and wrong. To make me the person of the Lord Jesus Christ would be an antichrist. For that person of the Lord Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high and will come again in great power and glory. 
But for his life that was in him being upon me and upon you who have him is exactly the truth. And you become Christ. You remember my message of Messiahs? You are, the word Messiah means the anointed one. And now you, now you are, if you have the Holy Spirit, you become the anointed one. Do you have the Holy Ghost? You're the anointed one. Do you have the Holy Ghost? You're the anointed one. Do you have the Holy Ghost? You're the anointed one. Are you with me? Amen. If you have the Holy Ghost, you become the anointed one. Then, then there's all kinds of the anointed ones. There's anointed ones and housewives. There's anointed ones and mothers. Come on. They can lay hands upon their child. Rebuke the fever. Do it right now. Amen. In your family, in your home. Come on, church. There's anointed one. You bet there's all kinds of anointed ones. There's Jesus in many bodies. Amen. And that body is not just an evening like tabernacle. It spreads around the world. That body can be found in Elkton, Virginia, in Johnson City, Tennessee, in Cloverdale. Over in South Africa, down in the, in the, hey, you don't even have to belong to assembly to, in order for it to, to be in you. you. Got to belong to Jesus. Somebody help me preach. Amen. It's him. It's him in the body. And guess what? It's not here in portion anymore. You see, well, Methodists only had a portion of him because they had a portion of the word with, with a portion of the spirit that came with the word that was given. Amen. A greater word came with Pentecost. They had a greater word and a greater portion. Amen. Come on. Bring it right on down. Right now in this age, this time. Now it's not a portion anymore. Hallelujah. Now the fullness of the Godhead bodily is now dwelling in a body. You see, David partially had him, and Moses partially had him. They did great works and did signs and wonders. Elijah had him in portion. Somebody help me preach. But when Jesus came, he was Moses, Elijah. He was Jeremiah. He was Ezekiel. He was the wisdom of Solomon. He was the Psalms of David. He was the all in all and the everything from A to Z. Come on, somebody. And now Jesus was the fullness of all of that in one body. But now, he didn't promise there would be another like that. Never again. You see, he was God's unique son. He would put in him his fullness, all of God. Jesus wasn't God by portion. Jesus was all of God that was in Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all of them that had it. They now, it was now all in him. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. And I'm not singing you to sleep. It was in that body. But on the day of Pentecost, he did something miraculous. He poured out. It was kenosis. He, 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 can, kenos is the word, poured out his spirit. He, he began to pour out his spirit. 
into a body. But in the last day, he empties it. Until the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in a bride. And of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Now, he said, now remember, we're not the word, but we are the word. Uh-huh. You know, you got it. Jesus was not God, but he was God. He was a man, yet he was God. He could cry, yet he could raise the dead. He could cry for a man being dead and raise him back up again. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Manassas. He's Jehovah all completely. He was Jehovah, and yet he was a man. He owned the earth and made the earth and had not a place to lay his head. He said, the birds that I uh, that I made has got nests. I haven't got a place to lay my head. The foxes I created has got holes in the ground. And I haven't even got one myself even to be buried in. That's right. He had to borrow somebody's grave to be buried in. He created a womb that had, that was, he created a womb that was in a woman. He had no womb to be born in. He had to borrow a womb. He created the earth. He had not a place to be buried in. He had to borrow a hole to be to be buried in with Joseph of Arimathea. They had to borrow a place, yet he was God. He proved he was God. Now you understand, we are Messiahs, but not that Jesus. He is our Father. We're just anointed with the Spirit, and that's the reason his life. That's, and that gets people, if you just don't sit and think it through, it gets people to think, well, this guy would be the Messiah. Sure he is. He said, this one over here could be. They both are. See, well, how can there be two of them? There's thousands of them. But you see, his life was separated on the day of Pentecost. And when that pillar of fire came down, it separated like tongues and set upon each of them. God divided himself among his people because Christ and the church in Christ is one, just like husband and wife are one. And the Messiah, Brother Branham said, when God was made flesh and became Messiah, then we can, if we can yield ourselves to be anointed like he, he was, we become a Messiah. See, Brother Branham's telling us, it ain't just one. You know, they, they got one guy over in South Africa, you know, that they have made to be Elohim. They got another in England. They made to be the Holy Ghost. You know, they had a one that they buried that they, they made to be Michael, the archangel. Yeah, nonsense. You know, again, you know, they, they, you know, because they were looking for a Messiah in one man. And that's not where the Messiah is. The Messiah is in a multi-bodied people. Not just in Tim Pruitt. Amen. Oh, he's the anointed one now. Oh, no, I'm not. I am anointed, but I'm not that anointed one. Amen. There's one anointed one, and that's Jesus. But he's anointed many in this last day to show forth his fairness. And they are the standing light in this church age. <coughs> and we hadn't we hadn't gone out. Messiah means the anointed one, means king. Then if the church is anointed by the Messiah spirit, it becomes a lesser but still a Messiah because it's his light reflecting his power, reflecting his glory, reflecting his dominion. 
God called us to become kings and priests like God. He made you, he made you as a God to be like Adam to have dominion. If I can leave you with anything, that as a Messiah or a Messiah, you were made to have dominion. I want you to look at your problem, your affliction, the situation, the problem in your home, the, the, the situation. Listen, you were made to be one who has dominion. You were not made to live in defeat. You were not made to be defeated by any disease, any problem, any situation. You are a master of all situations. You say there's a storm, Brother Tim. You are the master of that storm. Speak to it. You say there's a mountain in my way I can't get over, around, or through. Speak to it. You say there is, a, there is a something there that is not bearing fruit in my life. Speak to that thing. You don't have to have it. Brother Branham said in the Easter seal, now if he was the Messiah by being the anointed one for that day to fulfill the word of God, to be the redeemer and the anointed one, and God raised up that body, his bride is the anointed one for this day. And is the rising of the sun. He's alive forevermore, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and 8. Notice Messiah, the anointed one. So is his bride, the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. The choosing of the bride. He said, God's spirit is on his word. The messianic, the anointed word. The bride must be the Messiah, the anointed word. Not just a word, the anointed one. People are calling themselves word, 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 word. So it's the word and the word only. Well, what's in the word? There's healing in the word. There's power in the word. There's salvation in the word. There's dynamics in the word. It's always there in the word. The word is a person, not a book, not a theology, not a learning not that I can pass on. It's a person you receive and you get that word on the inside of you. You got dunamis dynamite power on the inside of you. And God made you to have dominion because you're a messiah. How often did Brother Brandon say, if I had the spirit of Beethoven in me, I'd write music. If I had the spirit of John Dillinger in me, I'd kill and rob. But he said, if I have the spirit of Christ, I'm going to do the works of Christ. And Paul said, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. Before the fall, Adam was a man with dominion. He operated in a realm of faith. He had, he had a body whereby he could contact the earth. See, taste, smell, feel, and hear. But he had an inward spirit that contacted the heavenly realm, and he brought heaven down to earth. What made Eden the Eden? It was Adam. He kept everything in order. 
I'm talking to some people right now who are the same messiahs that Adam was in the beginning. The Messiah. Brother Branham said if he gets back to God, he's a Messiah, a little Messiah. If Messiah means anointed one and you're anointed, then what are you? That's exactly right, a Messiah. Go wake Jesus, he would say this. They should have known these disciples that he was the Messiah. And the word Messiah means the anointed one. He had all God in him. God was in him. Jesus said, the son said, I do nothing in myself, but I, what I see my father doeth. The father dwelleth in me. See, he too had a body that could die, that could feel, that could touch. Come on. And even now, he's got a body that can feel your infirmities. Because the Bible said he could be touched. You come and tell me about your troubles. I'm touched by the feeling of your infirmity. I'm touched. I get reports every day from Brother Ron Spencer, and every day I'm touched. But Jesus is touched. Amen, come on. Jesus is touched. But he's really waiting for the Jesus inside of you to get touched. Get awakened. Where you're just not feeling with sympathy for somebody. Come on now. But where that you move in that dimension. Amen. Oh, and Brother Branham would often say, I've got to feel how they're feeling. I've got to go in there. I've got to get into his spirit and feel how he's feeling. Because only when you love somebody, only when you have feeling for somebody, there's a spirit in you that has to be stirred, awakened, brought forth, just brought to the forefront. I know we don't like to think of it being asleep. I, 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 I mean, brought to the forefront. Jesus was literally asleep in the boat, but he had to be brought to the forefront. I'm saying to the church today, you know, there's a Jesus in this church, but he's got to be brought to the forefront. Where this is more than a society of a church. This is more than just membership. This is more than just church attendance. But Jesus is brought to the forefront. Recognized. And begins to operate in the spirit. Brother Branham said, with that Messiah, he was Messiah by that, with that anointing made him fully Messiah. My father dwells in me. We with the same spirit was upon him, not in portion, but the same in quality. With a portion upon us would make us like Messiahs. Brother Branham said, that portion is omnipotent. It's got the power. To speak a world and go live on it. We know because it did. We're living on the world. He spoke into existence. I'm talking about the one in you. Come on. 
Amen. I'm talking about what you have been born of in the spirit, who you are as a Messiah. And he says, we with the same spirit upon him, not in portion, but same in quality. See, same, same everything. Uh, he's omnipotent, all-powerful. There's no big, I always liked it as a young preacher hearing Brother Branham say, there's no big spots in God, no little weak spots in God. The very little touch of God is omnipotent. Then I say, let that God speak. Let that one act out of my life. Amen. Let that one move out. I mean, it was so real to Peter. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but I got something. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He says, with that portion of bonus, would make us like messiahs, would be little sons of God, adopted sons of God. His Holy Spirit has sealed us into his body, and we're his children. There should be nothing bothers, nothing worries. We're his. If it ain't well, we're false witnesses. We've been testifying of something that's not even so. I believe it. I believe that right now we are the sons of God, not we will be, but right now, and now we're seated together in the heavenly places in Christ. I know you're getting tired. But I want you to know we're at an end time. And Noah in his end time could look around and he could see the sons of Cain. And the wickedness that was going in the land because of the sons of Cain. And that's what you're seeing again. The sons of Cain. They didn't make it over the ark. Oh, yes, it did. Because the Bible said they all married wives such as they chose. And even right down to Noah's sons. Maybe even Noah's wife. But nevertheless... Even though we may not be able to see the physical aspects in the sense of features or this or that, we can see a a bunch of people, masses, without life. Dead stare in their face. Killers, martyrs, the spirit of the beast taking over. They've given their mind to the beast. I just reading in California, they, you know, they, they just, the, the GOP, that's the, the conservative bunch, just, just supported and nominated some, some um, rat, you know, he's, a, he's transgender and, 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 and um, you know, with, the, with long hair that's multi-rainbow colors and, you know, there and, and, and he says, I'm an anarchist and I hate God. And I, and, I, and, and I hate the values of this country. And they, and they support him. How can we do that without their minds turning? Their hearts on evil continually. And we're, look, we're standing here and saying today, we are a people who have an ark. 
And God told us to get in it. And it's been built through the word. And the only way out of here is through Jesus Christ. He's the door. And we see the supernatural happening. And the people in that day, they can look around and see the supernatural. They can see animals coming in. Do you realize an Eden condition all of a sudden started happening? With lions and tigers and giraffes and rhinos gorillas and monkeys and deer and antelope all kinds under Eden condition started coming in the anointing started coming on them and moved them into the ark Noah didn't gather them there was an anointing gathered Finally, God said, go in the ark. The family got in, the door shut. You see, Noah was the anointed one of that day. But how it flew in the face of everybody else. You mean you're the only one that God's going to save you? And Jehovah is this kind of a mean of God. He's such a mean God. He's going to destroy everybody and kill little children and, and innocent women and people because they don't believe in your God. And he sends a sign and a message. And you in this last day are a sign and a message. You say, well, it bothers me, Brother Tim. I mean, you know, we're stigma. We walk down and, yeah, I, I know. I looked and I was in town the other day and I looked and I saw a lady and I said, that looks like one of ours. Why is that? Because you're a sign. Your long hair is a sign. You're obedient to God's word. You put his word above styles. What everybody else thinks. What makes you look smart. You put his word ahead. You put his word ahead of makeup. Come on. You don't have to be persuaded. There's an anointing. You don't have to have a preacher bully club you over the head to get you to do right. There's an anointing. You move right into the ark because you're anointed. You move right in because the Holy Spirit is upon you. And he has anointed you to preach. And everywhere you're going, you're preaching. Come on. Amen. My wife, you know, when, when, we, when we, we were out among some people the other day out in, in public, and there she's, she's wearing her hat, and she's wearing, God bless them, Bill and Johnny Mayo sent us some beautiful little treasures. One of them there that we love so much is a, is a little face mask that says God, God's miracle. Oh, she could walk out with her hair looking like half of the other women that we saw. She could fit right in with all of them. But she put her hat on and covered her head and said, God's miracle. And I want you to know you're a sign to the world. You are God's miracle. 
because there's been a transformation take place in you and change you from death into life and made a Messiah out of you where that you can go and display the power of Jesus Christ and you can give a warning to the rest of the world. You better get in the ark. Jesus Christ. Say, so Brother Tim, he's not our type. Well, he is a type of the foolish virgins, but he's also a type of us. Because there's three layers of that ark. And that wood was a certain wood. It was a porous wood that had to be filled with the life of another tree. And God cut down a tree at Calvary. Somebody help me preach right now. Amen. And emptied out the pitch of that life. Amen. Of that tree. Come on. Amen. And made that pitch. To put in porous humanity. Because you were made to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. And you know what that will do? It will, it will impregnate you and make you so filled. Till you are, you are actually safe from the judgment waters. But not only did he do that, but he did three stories of it. Justification and sanctification and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there's only one window out which you can see God. And that's when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's when you can start looking up. Because this is where he made him. I don't want you looking out here. Come on. I want you looking up here. And that's what God does. He makes us righteous like himself and makes us his Messiah. I would like to read the scripture and then we're going to close. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. We all know it. For whom he did foreknow. He also did Determine their destiny. For them he knew before. Before the foundation of the world. He also determined their destiny. He predestinated them to be. Con oh wait a minute. What is our destiny? To be conformed. To what? Sports stars. Movie stars, all these pop stars and rock stars, and them aren't stars, them are fallen stars. Whom he did foreknow, he predestinated you. He set your destiny to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, he set your destiny to be like Jesus. Amen. To be filled with Jesus from the inside out. Right. Amen. That why? That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. It's not going to just be me. I'm going to have many brothers. Hallelujah. I'm talking to you brothers of the Messiah. Hallelujah. Sisters of the Messiah. Amen, morning stars. Amen, morning stars that can't be put out, that can't fade away. That's announcing there's a great Messiah coming. There's a day coming. That's the daylight is coming, and we are the morning stars announcing.
sent his coming. And you think we're going to fade away? We hadn't lost a bit of our glimmer. We hadn't lost a bit of our shout. We are, we shouted with him before the foundation of the world. And we're right here in time doing what we did in eternity. Because why? He wanted to be the firstborn. I'm going to be the firstborn. And to do this, I'm going to be human. And I'm going to take on a unique body because I can't come in sex-born body because then I would be under the condemnation of the devil. I would be born like, like, like the serpent taught Eve. So I'm going to be born in a spoken word body. Just like the first man was. And I'm going to form it in the earth, in a womb. And I'm going to add to it from the carrots and the cabbage and the vegetables. I'm going to add to it cell upon cell. And it's going to be a human body. But then I'm going to fill it with my fullness. So that the Father dwells in me. In other words, the one who created the body dwells in the body he created. It's not that, it's not that hard to understand. He was a father in that. He conceived a son. But that son he stepped into. And there's not two of them. There's only one. And Jesus The son couldn't be his own father, but the father could be the son. And so God stepped into it for the purpose of redemption, to feel your pain, to feel your sorrows, to go through life as you do. But it's a body Satan had no claim on. Hallelujah. Amen. Because why? When he was born... He was born as Emmanuel. It would be God with us. He goes to the river of Jordan. He brings that body. He brings that body to be filled with the Spirit. And that's what you got to do. That's what we call repentance and being baptized is where you bring your body to be filled with His own Spirit. So it wouldn't be you trying to live the message no more. And you find it so hard to do. Why do I have to do this? And why do I have to do that? It won't be hard if you get Jesus in you. Because really only Jesus can live the Christian life. And if you get Jesus in you, it's not hard anymore. Because why? You do what Jesus does. You think like Jesus thinks. You act like Jesus acts. You believe like Jesus believes. Oh, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I wasn't quite through with that. Moreover, hey, this ain't all of it. Whom he did predestinate, 
He called. You remember when he called you? Amen. He don't leave them out there. He calls them. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That ain't all of it. And them that he called, what did he do? He justified. He declared them righteous. He purged them by his blood. And where he could not dwell in Moses and Elijah and all them, but just anoint them. Somebody help me. But he come in Christ, a spoken word body. Now then, here by his blood, he can redeemed so he could come in sexual born bodies. And those sexual born bodies could be filled with deity. That God, oh hallelujah, now make what the serpent did act the way that God wants him to. Amen. Because every one of us was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And we came the way of the curse. Somebody help me preach. But I want you to know that that body that Satan entered into with Adam, when he yielded up the immortal spirit and took their immortality. Are you with me? And now sin enters in him. And now he does what Satan wants. His hands do what Satan wants. His eyes does seize what Satan wants. His feet goes where the serpent wants him. And that's the condition you were born in. By your first birth. That's why your members, the Bible said your members, you yielded your members to sin. Cursing, vulgarity, pornography, sex sins, every kind of horrible thing. You did them. We did them. Come on. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen, he called you. He said, come on to me. There's a deposit in you. I knew you before the foundation war. Before Satan got to you, I knew you. Before, oh my, before you ever did one sin, you were mine. Come on. Come on. Then he called. What did he do? He justified. What does justified mean? He made you as though you never did it. Your sins were washed away. You stand there pure, unadulterated. The son or daughters of God. Justified. And then he justified. He also glorified. We've already been seen in glorified bodies. That's a great way to look at it. He made us righteous like himself. And them that he made righteous, he made messiahs. Because he cannot come into a being that Satan still lives in. Are you with me? That's why salvation is the casting out of Satan. That's why we believe in the miracle of salvation. That's why I can believe in casting out any devil. Because it happened to me. 
Them he made righteous like himself. Them he made messiahs. Let me go back over that. He could not come into bodies until he made a body he could come and dwell in. Stop and think. When he came down to Abraham, what did he do? He gathered up the elements and stepped into a body. And appeared to Abraham. He called him Lord. He recognized him as Lord. Come on. It was God dwelling in the body. He steps out, the body vanishes, and he vanishes. He still goes, the body went back to the elements. Why didn't, why didn't he take a man, uh, let's say Job lived in that time. Why didn't he take Job and say, okay, I'm going to step into Job. And I'm going to perform the sign of the Son of Man. And I'm, he couldn't do it. Job's body wasn't redeemed. And God couldn't dwell in that kind of vessel. Somebody help me. Now then, coming on down, so he would have to make bodies for him to come and appear. And he would he'd do the same thing in, in the fiery furnace and anywhere that he made himself tangible or visible. Somebody with me now? Now let's come on a little bit further on this. Now then, but finally it comes to Jesus. And Jesus will be God's unique, his one and only son. Amen. And God will create a body that he can come live in. And at the river of Jordan, the fullness of the spirit of God comes and dwells in Jesus Christ. And he says, it's not me, the human, that does the work, but my father that lives in me. In me dwells the Messiah, and he does this work. But then what happened? He took his body, and his body became the sacrifice for your sin, the perpetuation to cleanse you, to provide a blood that God would, could take and cleanse you, so cleanse you, till he could come and dwell in a sexual born body. Right. Hallelujah. Wipe all your past. Cleanse all your past. By a greater blood than bulls and goats. Somebody help me. Amen. This is what he would do. He would do this. And God now steps into sexual born bodies. To make them a Messiah. Men and women filled with the spirit. Men and women who have an evil past. That the world knows, oh, that man, oh, that woman, you know. He comes and he says, you did this, you did that. And God said, they're not guilty. I washed them. I justified them. I made them righteous. And I'm dwelling in there. And it's not the old man anymore. It's Christ now living in them. For them he did foreknow. Them he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. He made, he, he marked out copies of himself. Watch now. I'm going to read you the Phillips translation. Moreover, can you put that back up? Moreover, we know that those who love God, who are called according to plan, everything happens 
that happens fits into the pattern for good. Give us a verse before. One more. 28. Okay, Karen, here's your favorite scripture. Now listen, Philip's translation. Moreover, we know that to those who love God, how many loves him? Amen. Who are called according to his plan. Can you say, Mama, that's me? Everything that happens, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. Nothing bad can happen to you that don't turn for your good. Because you're a messiah. This thing happened to me, but it's going to turn. It happens in a pattern because God has a pattern of goodness. You're going to fit in it. Are you with me? All right. So he said it happens. Now give me the next verse. God in his foreknowledge chose them to bear the family likeness of his son. I look like the family of God. Come on. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Listen, he, he did this. God in his foreknowledge chose them to be bear the family likeness of his son that he might be the eldest of the family of many brothers. Amen. The first of humans to overcome. The first of cursed earth to give it back to the devil. To be surrendered to God. To use their body for holiness. To yield their members to righteousness. That he might be the eldest of the family of many brothers. He chose them long ago. Hello. Thing about it is, if he chose you, he won't ever unchoose you. He chose them long ago. And when the, t- when the time came, and everybody has their time. Brother Brandon said, a, a predestinated seed can go a long time before it becomes germinated. He said, well, my kid, you know, he sat in the message church, and he heard, or he heard it preach, and we taught him the precept, and he said, don't give up. Uh, let me tell you something over and over again. Never give up on the harvest. You're planted, you're going to reap. It's the law of God. Don't give up on the harvest. You're planted a seed, it's going to come up. It'll germinate sometime, somewhere. The rain's going to hit it. The anointing's going to come. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Amen. He chose them long ago, and when the time came, he called them. When the time came, he called Tim Pruitt. When the time came, he called you, and you, and you, and you. Why did he do it when you were there? Forget about why he called you. He chose you. Amen. And at that time, you came, and the time came, he called them, and he made them righteous in his sight. Now, what does it matter what the world and the devil and everything else says about you? He made you righteous in his sight. And then he 
the splendor of life as his own sons. Now you can shout. Amen. That's what it means to be glorified. He lifted you to the splendor of life as his own sons. You're not of the world, little children. You are of God. And you overcome him because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Then he also glorified or he lifted them. He lifted you from that ragged, sinful, dirty life and lifted you into a position of sonship. He glorified you by making you a wicked beggar, a son. But I'm going to give you a little secret. You always were a son. You didn't become a son at the altar. You just found out you were a son, that you didn't belong to the devil. And it made you recognize when the spirit of Jesus came in you, it made you recognize God is your father. And you cry out, Abba, Father, my Father, my God. I always loved Elijah because his name meant my God is Jehovah. Jehovah's my God. I'll serve no other. That became the motto of my life when I read Elijah's life. And it became my motto as a young boy. And reading that in the Bible, and so struck my heart. My God is Jehovah. And I just want to say today, my God, my God is not some political star. My God is not some movie star. My God is not some stupid football star. Come on now. Amen. My God is not any of those gods. My God is Jehovah. It is Jesus. And I can speak Jesus over every situation because that's my name. I'm born in the family. I bear his resemblance. I look like him. I act like him. I am him. Jesus. In a body born in sin. But no longer in sin. Because he justified me by being called and chosen to bear his image and family resemblance or likeness. And then he justified me and made me righteous in his sight. And now we have been elevated. Everybody say elevated. Those that are asleep say elevated. Okay, those that are awake say it now. Elevated. You are elevated, amen, in his sight to the glory and the splendor of life as his own sons. Amen. God bless you. Let the musicians come. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. Can you just worship the Lord a moment? Can you just thank him, Lord? I am redeemed. I've been washed by his blood. Jesus has changed my whole life. Amen. No wonder the psalmist would say, redeemed. Oh, I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. I can speak in tongues right now. It's just moving on the inside of me. Hallelujah. The Messiah is speaking this morning. The Holy Spirit is speaking. 
The anointing is here. That anointing that we have received, it'll cast Satan out. Hallelujah. To heal your body that has been pulled down by sickness. It'll deliver you that have been in sin and trespasses. It'll save the lost. Wherever you are right now, lift your hand toward God and believe. The Messiah is speaking. I've not chosen you to be a failure. I've not chosen you to be lost forever. Your name was put in my book before the foundation of the world. I just want to show it to you. You belong to me. I'm calling you. I'm calling you out of darkness into life. I'm speaking life to you. You don't have to live that wretched life no more. You can live that life of glory, the splendor and the glory of being his own son. In the name of Jesus, I speak today as a messiah against every cancer, against every COVID disease, about every spirit of infirmity, against that which is bound to those in wheelchairs and stretchers across the land. Oh, yes, I can give witness. I can give witness as my voice went forth, not even, not even in person, but just hearing it on a tape, hearing it on a tape, my voice went forth. And a woman on her deathbed got life and raised up for the glory of God. I can testify of a woman so bound with diabetes, insulin dependent, healed by the glory of God, set free. I can testify that wherever the words went, it delivers. It's delivered right here in Evening Night Tabernacle. The deaf is heard. Even the blind eyes came open. The eye trouble left. Diseases, doctors was stymied at. Kidneys grew back. I speak to kidneys right now in the name of Jesus. And I say they must obey the word of God. Right now in the name of Jesus, you got a need, you believe. Whatever heart trouble, it's got to go now in the name of Jesus. I speak life. I speak health because I have been brought into the splendor. I have been elevated into the splendor of God's own son. Therefore, I speak. By his stripes, you're healed, delivered because I'm a son. Right now, I speak life to those who need the Holy Ghost who are void. You feel the Spirit calling you. If He called, He's predestinated you to be changed and conformed to the image of His Son. Let it change you right now in His presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we just glorify God just for a moment. I just feel His presence. I just feel the Messiah. The Messiah. Is here blessing His Messiah right now. 
anointing of people in this last day, bringing them into splendor of his own sons. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Can't you bring that hallelujah out from that inner man right now? Because when these things are spoke, there's got to be a witness. Give a witness back right now. Amen. Give a witness back right now. You lift your voice to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm yours, Lord. You've called me. You've predestinated me to be conformed to the image of your Son. I may not be everything I ought to be, but I know I'm justified in your sight. Amen. Because those that he called, them he also hath glorified and justified in his presence. And he's elevated you to sonship. You're no more of this world. You belong to him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. Right. 
need some redemption for me. Amen. I would sing that name, Jesus. Jesus, we've been preaching about the Messiah and his Messiah. Amen. Let's, let's worship again, Jesus. Who I am. Amen. I don't want you just to listen. This isn't just a pretty song. This is our song. Jesus, speak that name. Speak that name, Jesus. It's your song. I want you to worship. I want you to praise God. I want you to lift your voice to Him. Amen. Come on. For every action, there's got to be a reaction. Let the Holy Spirit surge through you today. Amen. Speak the name of Jesus over every heart, over every heart, even those that are listening in right now. I'm talking to you because I know there is peace within your presence. Oh, yes, I speak Jesus, only peace there in his presence. Wait a minute, ever dark. Addiction starts to break when we speak this name. We get a new addiction. The Bible said they were addicted to the Word of God. It's a new addiction. But every addiction's going to break. Hallelujah. I don't care what it is. If it's a food addiction, if it's an alcohol, if it's a drug addiction, if it's a tobacco addiction, we break it in the name of Jesus. We're speaking the word. We're declaring there is hope and there is freedom because we speak Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one who breaks every chain. Sing it now. I just want to speak the name of Jesus to every dark right addiction starts to break. Call their name. Declaring there Amen. is hope and there is You're in the presence of the Messiah. Say, Jesus, touch I my boy. Jesus. Touch my girl. I speak Jesus. There is hope. There is freedom. It's not hopeless.
Your name. 
hands right now. Just lift your hands and just talk to him. Lift your voice and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, just accept him right now into your heart and your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Speak him over your family, over your need, over your situation. Over every anxiety, over every fear, over every depression, over every sickness, speak the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We lift you up. We magnify your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we lift your holy name, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You are great.
I know. 